Hello and welcome into Pittsburgh Training Camp Live. We bring you the insider's perspective from Steelers Training Camp 2021. I'm your host, Kale Berger, joined by our dynamic duo of Steelers insiders, Jeff Hathorne and Jim Colony of Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, with you every Monday and Friday at 10 a.m. throughout training camp. Guys, first things first, how are we doing? How was your weekend? It's great. Great. I'm yeah, party- it was I'm, good. I'm, 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 you I'm know? partied out. I've never been so exhausted. Parties. <laughs> It's the last weekend without football, or at least some game to talk about, even if the game isn't on a weekend. So here we go. That is true. That is true. We do have the first uh, game, I guess, of the Steelers season coming up on Thursday, the Hall of Fame game. We'll talk about that a little bit later in some of the Hall of Fame festivities. It's obviously going to be a Steelers-filled weekend there in Canton. But let's first start things off with, I think, probably the biggest, most important, most – crucial part of the Steelers the biggest storyline that I think is going to impact how their entire season unfolds that being the offensive line they're basically replacing five guys with Chooks Okorafor switching from the right tackle spot to the left tackle side Zach Banner played like 40 snaps last year he returns back from his torn ACL uh, and then we have new guys in the middle Trey Turner replacing David DeCastro uh, on the right side and the left side uh, Kevin Dotson is now going to slide into the starting role and then at center is it Kendrick Green is it JC Hassenauer we don't really know how that shakes out yet. So, uh, Jeff, I'll start with you. You know, how concerned are you about this Steelers offensive line, especially when you factor in that with some of the guys that have been sitting out uh, through the first nine practices of training camp, this unit has not been on the field together for a rep yet this training camp cycle? Yeah, I'm very concerned about this offensive line. I mean, that, you mentioned it. I mean, that's one of the biggest things, uh, keys to this season. If that offensive line doesn't go, the Steelers aren't going anywhere. And they haven't had the cohesion of being able to work together. I mean, it's it's one thing to say, like Mike Tomlin did, hey, we have nowhere to go but up, especially with the run game. Uh, but you lost three key starters off that line. And I think maybe only one of them was, was overmatched last year. I think the other two played at a decent level, if not average level. Um, you don't know what is going to happen there. You got injuries to Hassenauer. You have injuries to Banner. And they haven't had time to work together. They've worked in different groups. And I know they love – flexibility and they different situations. But at some point you want to have the entire offensive line working together during training camp. And they just haven't had it. Hassenauer has been listed as the number one. He hasn't been able to get on the field and Chooks finally got on the field. So yeah, I'm very concerned about this offense. And I honestly have no idea when we're going to see those five guys all at five different positions. Well, except for Banner, Banner would be the same position at right tackle. But really, you've got five guys that are different at five different positions from what they had last year. Uh, You know, Kendrick Green, well, Dotson, I think, is going to be fine, although he's one of the guys that hasn't been able to work that much. Yeah. Uh, But Kendrick Green, I think, has been maybe not a pleasant surprise and certainly certainly not like the other 53 was Pouncey in his rookie year when you just could tell, you know, a week into training camp that this guy was something special. Kendrick Green looks like he's going to be okay. Um, Trey Turner is has a similar resume to David DeCastro, not quite as decorated, but he's coming off injuries. And DeCastro played through some stuff last year that we found about after the fact. Turner, we don't know if he's fully healed. Uh, Banner, he's less than a year by the calendar removed from ACL surgery. So, man, there were so many question marks. And, and we all know that if you don't have an offensive line, then it affects everybody else. And I'm not sure when we're going to see them together, number one. And then number two, once we do, how long is it going to take them to play together as a unit? And Kale, they, they start out, by the way, in Buffalo. I mean, there yeah. is no yeah. ramping up to this season. Exactly. It's going to be likely a full house, 
for the first time in a couple of years. And that place is going to be rocking against a team that's going to be fired up with Super Bowl aspirations. I mean, they've got to get some time together or they're going to get boat raced in Buffalo. I think the other thing, too, is it's not just that this unit is guys that are unseasoned, that haven't had a lot of experience, but they're coming in learning a new offense, you know, Matt Canada's scheme. And it's not that it's Matt Canada's offense is unique to compared to some of the other things in the NFL. I mean, we we can't really speak on it, but we've seen it there at training camp. They're doing things in this offense that other teams are not doing, especially, you know, a guy like Trey Turner coming in, uh, Kendrick Green coming in uh, as a rookie from from Illinois. This is a unique scheme that they're running with different uh, facets, different ways of doing things than others in the NFL that we've seen. And I think that's another factor that's going to that's going to be an issue for them trying to gel together. You know, the weird thing is, is that and he has very little experience. And yet I don't know about you guys. I it's almost like you have the most confidence in Kevin Dotson that he's going to be able to play his position. Yeah. And and yet how many games? What has he started? Four games in the NFL. And and those were on the other side of the line when DeCastro was hurt. Or I guess he had one start at left guard. But anyway, um, but I have more confidence in Kevin Dotson, who has very little experience than I do in any of the other guys. Come on, Kale. It's the easiest offense in America. Matt Canada said it. This is going to be. Oh, this, yeah. You know, they're going to be able to roll through this. I do believe in what Canada said and also offensive line coach Adrian Clemens said that they are making the offensive calls for the line simpler, that it's just going out and beat your man. And I, I think that's a smart thing with, with this line. If, if they can do that, try to stay away from a bunch of calls and just make it where you've got to take out the guy in front of you. I think that will help this line, especially given their youth. And I also know one of the things that, that some of the guys that we'd gotten to know over the years had said, the way they've been playing, especially it was too reactionary where, where they're, they're reactioning, they're, they're forcing to react. They're backpedaling off the ball. Uh, I, I like that. Go get them attitude. And we'll see how it works. And, and maybe we'll see how it works and maybe it won't be until the Buffalo game or at least the final pre. And that's another weird thing too, isn't it? Is that you may end up seeing this five man unit in the final preseason game, which you normally don't see because you don't want your starters to get hurt in that last preseason game. And yet they may not be healthy enough until that time to put those five yeah. guys together. That's kind of weird. And Jim, I don't know what Joe Haig is. I, I just know he wasn't that great in Tampa Bay and he like he could be the guy on the right side to start the season. I mean, until Zach Banner plays in a team situation, I don't know if I'll believe that he'll be there when the season starts. No, well, he's there right now. <laughs> a Kilberger here on Pittsburgh training camp live with our Steelers insiders of 93, seven, the fan in Pittsburgh, Jeff Hathorne and Jim Colony. And guys, one of the mandates from Art Rooney, the second, and, and one of the things they're trying to improve upon this season is they have to run the ball better. The worst rushing offense, statistically in the NFL last year. They got the new toy in Najee Harris coming in, but it needs the guys up front to, to, to clear a pathway for him. Uh, do you think that this line and the way this is constructed, the skill set of these guys can can give the Steelers that power run game that they that they look for and they've had through their history so often? Well, I think, I think Dotson, that he's a road grader. And I think Zach Banner last year was their best run blocker. Unfortunately, he got hurt in week one. So I think that helps right there. Kendrick Green, I mean, he was at Illinois. I don't, I don't know what Illinois was trying to do on offense. Uh, so, But it seems like the run game would be easier for him to get at first instead of all the different protections. Uh, Trey Turner, like Jim said, working his way back from injury. But I do think that just from a, a setup, 
this line should be able to block the run better? My answer, the only answer I can come up with is I don't know. And that's one of the things that we're, that we're looking forward to. I mean, we're supposed to be the insiders that have all the info, right? But I, I honestly don't know. And I don't know what- Stop with the honesty, know. Jim. I, oh, sorry <laughs> about that. Yeah, I know. They're going to be great. No, it's it's just, I, I honestly, and the, the it's not that we don't know. It's just that, because there are a lot of questions on a lot of teams with different positions going, and that's what this type, this time of year is. But it's what we don't, what I don't know is when I'm going to be able to start finding out about this stuff. And, and that's the thing that if I'm a Steeler fan concerns me because you need to see those guys out on the field. And so far we haven't seen that. I think the other side of this too, is will these guys hold up in pass protection because the Steelers, I mean, they threw the ball quicker than anyone in the league yes, last year. And that was probably by design. Ben Roethlisberger can't move the way he used to probably doesn't want to take the hits that he did once in his career at, at what, 38, 39 years old. So by design, they were getting the ball out of his hands as quick as they ever have. It, but also, you know, it gave a kind of a false sense of, of positivity about this pass blocking because, oh, they gave up the fewest sacks in the league. Well, if you're throwing a three-yard slant every play, you're not going to allow many sacks. So if they try to push the ball vertically down the field more this year, they ask Ben Roethlisberger to do play action, to take a five, seven-step drop and throw it to guys like Chase Claypool and, and whoever they want to push the ball vertically – is it going to hold up in pass protection? Are Chuk Sakorafor and Zach Banner going to be able to do the job on the outside in a, in a division with some of the best pass rushers in football and, and, and a really great, uh, a really, I guess, not great, a really tough slate of pass rushers on the schedule this year? Well, you want me to go first? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I honestly, I, I, I honestly do not know. The one thing we, we any that, reason for optimism? Well, I, I would I say this. I think the motion, maybe the deception in the offense can help, you know, defensive players from just pinning their ears back and going after the Steelers. Obviously, there are going to be times where there are passing downs, uh, but the hope is the movement and the, the little inside games will keep the defense off balance enough that all you need sometimes is a half second. And if you can, if that deception can buy you that, uh, so maybe that will help with the pass rush. But to Jim's point, I, I think he's right on. We, until we see this group together, that's never been together. Uh, we don't know what truly to expect. We and, can speculate, but we don't know. And we're we're told one of the one of the lines that, that that's out there about the line is that is that Chuksakora four is better suited to play the left tackle position because he has the athletic system to 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 do that to pass protect. Uh, and yet at the same time, he's going to be going up against the other team's best pass rushers for the most part. And so that's kind of a okay. Maybe he'll be suited for that position. But is he suited for that position against some of the NFL's best? And the way the Steeler the, the Steeler schedule sets up, simply within the division, actually with a couple of teams, but even outside the division, man, they they play they're going to play some really good pass rushers. Uh, last question here on the offensive line, guys. We talked about Zach Banner returning from that uh, torn ACL last year that he really suffered like a half into the season against the New York Giants in their season opener uh, in East Rutherford last year. Um, I know we're not doctors, okay, and we're not going to claim to be doctors, but did you anticipate him to be back now? I mean, you saw him on Friday, and he was in street clothes, not street clothes, but he wasn't in any pads. He, he was just kind of watching and observing. Uh, is it concerning to you guys that he is not back yet, or do you think they're just really taking him slow? And for comparison, Devin Bush suffered an ACL injury later in the year. He's already pretty much all the way back, so is it – maybe because he's just this monster mountain of a man that they're trying to take things slower with him with the ACL. Or if you put your amateur doctor hat on, do you expect him to be back now? Or, or is there some concern there? 
I'm amateur at so many things. Doctor is one of them. I, I, I agree with a few of the points you made there. And I think the size is, I, I think it's easier for a smaller guy, not that Bush is tiny, but it's easier for a smaller guy than a guy who's six, eight, 300 plus pounds yeah. to recover from a knee injury just because of the stress on the knee. And I thought for a while during camp of, okay, they're just working him back. But the fact that he hasn't been in any team periods yet, not even for a couple of reps, uh, just to get in there, does he need it necessarily? No. Uh, I guess they could continue to wait. We're still over a month away from the season starting. But uh, at some point, you need to see him get in some reps and not just, you know, running on the sideline. Well, he does look good pushing that sled. Uh, so maybe there's that if you want to look at the bright side of those things. I, I would suspect, just to kind of wrap up the offensive line stuff, I would suspect that we're going to start getting an idea next week. Uh, and maybe as soon as Saturday, because they, they have, that's when I would think next week. And then if you get toward the end of next week and there are certain guys that aren't responding and that aren't ready to play, I think then that's the time to really be concerned about it. Well, Najee Harris talked about it earlier this week that, you know, regardless of the offensive line, if there's blocks are there, if they're not, I got to make plays. I, I think he's being modest. He's being kind, but I think he's needing a lot of help from this unit. If he's going to try and have the impact the Steelers want him to have. So, I think like we talked about off the top, all of their hopes and dreams this season, I think, are depending on the offensive line. And until you get those guys on the field together to, to get some cohesion, to get some chemistry, it's all going to be kind of hearsay and just questioning what this group could be. Uh, another development over the last uh, over the last weekend that was is uh, the Steelers backup quarterback job kind of coming in. It was believed to be 100 percent Mason Rudolph. Dwayne Haskins was brought in this offseason on basically a a complete flyer, a prove-it deal after things didn't work out for him in Washington, a, a no-risk, uh, high-reward opportunity for the Steelers. But as we've gone through about nine practices through camp, and especially this weekend, you know, Friday, a day that Mason Rudolph, where Ben Roethlisberger had the day off, Mason Rudolph struggled. He had some interceptions. He missed some throws there. Similar stuff on Saturday, whereas a lot of people, including you guys, have said that Dwayne Haskins has has made some nice throws. And Ben says he can throw a ball through a, through a car wash and not even get it wet as he said earlier on when he first uh, was was back in uh, OTAs earlier this this year. So, you know, do you think that this Steelers quarterback, backup quarterback job is pretty much wide open and for either of those guys to take right now? Jim, what do you think? No, it's not. It's Mason Rudolph's. But he could still lose it, I think. Um, and Dwayne Haskins, he's also in a similar position, like you said. It's, an, it's a, it's a, it's a no-lose situation for the Steelers with Haskins. It just isn't. Um, and I think most people figure that he has the team made as the number three. But I don't think I mean, Mason Rudolph would have to be pretty bad, I think, uh, in order to screw up. But the one thing that is going to happen here, I think, is that Mason Rudolph is Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins are both going to get an awful lot of work. And one thing I would like to see, and I'm not sure if we will, I would like to see and I've, I've thought about this in, in, in other years, too, with other positions. I want to see Dwayne Haskins work with the so-called first team, yeah. uh, meaning the first team receivers. I mean, hey, it's great that he can hit Rico Bussey in the corner of the end zone to end a two-minute drill. But but I'd like to see him out there with, with, with Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and James Washington and Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, I, I want to see Haskins get some run with the ones to see how he mixes in with that. But, you know, maybe they're afraid that that would send the wrong message to Mason Rudolph that, hey, we don't really believe in you. But, I mean, th these guys should be beyond that at this point. I would like to see that. I don't think we will. 
I think that Rudolph is a solid number two and would really, really, really have to look poorly here um, in training camp and over the exhibition games. Listen, don't downplay Rainbow Warrior Rico. Rico. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Banner was out there. Somebody was I could. Somebody said something like, who is that guy? Rainbow Warriors, baby. <laughs> Legend. Yeah, he wears number 84. And we saw I, number 84 years. Well, yeah. OK, never mind. I'm sorry I, I brought that up. I agree with Jim. It, it is Mason's job to lose. Mason's got this big one big chip that Dwayne doesn't have. And that's that game in Cleveland. Uh, I think he earned himself some some praise uh, and I think it's deserved. I mean, he played pretty well in a game that Cleveland had to have on the road. Um, I, and I think that stays with the coaches. I mean, he did it for this coaching staff. I know it's a different coordinator, but the quarterback's coach uh, then is now the coordinator. So they've seen what he can do. Haskins would have to have a fabulous preseason uh, preseason games. He would, he would really have to shine in these games at practice. He's had some moments, but I don't know if there's been anything of like, wow, he is definitely better than Mason Rudolph. I think it's Rudolph's job, and I don't see them moving it if for the only reason being he's the only quarterback signed for next year. So I, I think that puts Rudolph into that second spot. Now, speaking of next year, you know, if if Mason Rudolph is is the full-fledged guy as the number two quarterback going into this year, barring anything crazy, nothing's really going to shake that. Do you think that this preseason is more of an of a audition for both of those guys for next year and beyond? If this is Ben Roethlisberger's last year, do you think a good performance by Haskins and, and maybe a so-so performance by Mason Rudolph this preseason is more of an indication of, okay, one of these guys can be our quarterback of the future after Ben Roethlisberger down the line? It may not be Haskins as the, the full-fledged backup this year, but if he impresses and shows some things and they sign him to a, to another contract after this one, that he could be the guy that gets a serious, serious look alongside Rudolph uh, going beyond this season. You know, we well, don't been think, real- you don't think they're going to bring Aaron Rodgers in next year? Come on. Well, I mean, listen, I talked about Xavier Howard on Friday. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll entertain anything, honestly. Only if Jeopardy comes back uh, into town yeah. looking for people. Uh, I, <laughs> I think I look at it this way. I think, Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, if you're old enough to remember life before Ben Roethlisberger and how horrible the quarterbacking was from Terry Bradshaw to Ben Roethlisberger and how questionable it was. Yeah, Neil O'Donnell had a couple of years and Cordell had a couple of years and they really didn't know how to use him. Bobby. But it's going to go it's going to go back to trying to figure out who you got. And yeah, I think Haskins would have a chance to win the job for next year. Um but he would, again, have to have a huge, huge uh, preseason and during the season in practice. I mean, he's got an opportunity to impress them, but I, I think it's Mason's job. But if Ben decides to retire, and we don't know if that's the case, I mean, they could go a whole different direction and bring in somebody from the outside or draft a quarterback. I can't believe this is Mason Rudolph's fourth year already that he's been here that long. Maybe it's because I'm old. I don't know. And time goes by a little bit more quickly, but it's like, I don't know. It, it seems like it seems like he's still, and he did have that one year when Ben was hurt, but yeah. um, you know, it's, it's just like, this is his fourth year and we don't really know, know what we have. And, and that's the thing with Haskins. I just don't know when he's going to get a chance to prove it against better competition that, that he has a chance to be an NFL quarterback you know, unless something happens like what, what happened a couple of years ago when when they go way down the depth chart with 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 quarterbacks. He's an intriguing prospect. 
Um, he certainly has the athletic ability. He's got the arm, uh, whether he can pick up the nuances of the, or just the offense in general, but then the nuances beyond that, that's what we don't know. I think one thing we do know for sure that Ben Roethlisberger is the best quarterback in that room still at this age. Yeah. And it's not close. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Kale Berger here on Pittsburgh Training Camp live with Jeff Hathorne and Jim Colony of Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Our Steelers insiders here joining you every Monday and Friday at 10 a.m. on the Odyssey app. And guys, last question here on the quarterbacks, and this deals uh, this deals with Ben. Uh, as they get ready for their first preseason game on Thursday, how much do you anticipate Ben Roethlisberger to play in this preseason at his 39 years of age? Uh, do you think he's going to you know, play one series per game? Do you think he's not going to play at all? How much do you think they should let Ben Roethlisberger suit up there in the preseason here at his advanced age, but then also a new offense out there, maybe some new weapons as well? What do you think is the sweet spot there for Ben Roethlisberger in the, in the preseason? Okay, I'll jump in. Um, I, I really thought it would have been different by now in terms of how much work he got in training camp, given the, you know, the, the, the new offensive coordinator and so forth. Um, but it's not, it's not, it's the same as it's always been in, in recent years where he practices one day and then sort of practices the next day, then doesn't practice at all the next day, then sort of does, and then does. So I, I don't think I, but as far as the preseason goes, um, the hall of fame game, the three of us will play as much as Ben does uh, <laughs> beyond that. And then the fourth game, the three of us will play as much as Ben does. It's the two games in between I, that I, I don't really have. And Jeff, I don't know if you have a, and, and any sort of an inclination about this, uh, I would imagine. See, I, I, I would just kind of thinking that he wouldn't play until the third game. He'd play like a quarter, and that would be it. Uh, but you know, maybe there's a chance that he plays a little bit in that second game, and then just a little bit more in the third game. I'm not sure how you feel yeah. about it. You know, Mike Tomlin likes his routines. Uh, he is very big into routines and keeping things the same. And I think because the Steelers have an extra preseason game this year. Uh, I think it'll be similar to what we've seen in the past with the four-game preseason. No Ben this week, and I think you'll see Ben maybe for the first series Tuesday just to get him out there, just to get some game reps, get him a series, maybe two with the you know with the offensive line. Uh, Nothing dangerous, you know, just kind of have him out there going through the motions, if you will. And I think you'll see a half, uh, maybe not a whole half if it's going well uh, in that third preseason game, and then not at all in the fourth. I mean, they have to get him some reps with I mean, whom in front of him though that's the thing you know what i well, mean in other words that's yeah. i think that's the other part of this whole equation but i don't think we're going to see much like most preseasons it's going to be a pretty basic offense and i don't think they're going to do anything to put ben in harm's way so if they're going to if they're going to run uh you know quarterback option with ben roethlisberger they probably won't do it in this preseason game i'd love to see it or though, the regular season for that matter probably <laughs> it'd be fun to watch though wouldn't it uh, well, we can't say what's going on. So that's you're true. right. You're right. You're right. Who knows if who knows that that's even in the repertoire. Uh, Kale Berger here with Jeff Hathorne and Jim Colony, our Steelers insiders from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh here on Pittsburgh Training Camp live on the Odyssey app. And guys, it's a big weekend, obviously. Uh, the Hall of Fame game that we've been talking about and alluding to, that's coming up on Thursday. But the real festivities are Saturday and Sunday where Pittsburgh Steeler Nation is really going to take over Canton, Ohio, because five Steelers are going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in kind of their uh, centennial weekend combination from the events that were canceled last year due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the 2021 class. It's all kind of culminating this weekend in what's going to be a, an ultimate Steelers weekend. I want to get your thoughts on some of these guys that are going in. I mean, these are obviously Steelers legends. Let's start with two of the more recent guys that you covered, 
being Troy Polamalu and Alan Fanica. Can you guys share some insight into what those guys were like as people to cover? And then also, you know, they're obviously tremendous players. Maybe a play that sticks out to you that just defined their career is, yeah, this is why that guy's in the Hall of Fame. Well, it's easy with Fanica. You look at that 75-yard run in the Super Bowl that he sprung. Uh, but I'll say one. this for you know, he's a lot more like Heinz Ward than people realize. Like, I'm not good enough. I, I put He pushed himself every day. That's why I picked Heinz Ward as his presenter. I, he made a, a statement the other day uh, that I thought was really interesting. He said he always wanted to work, be better coming off the field every day than he was going on. And it wasn't just about the competition on that field. He was competing against everyone in the league because he thought somewhere someone is, someone is better than him or practicing better than him. So he had to raise his game every day. And that tells you about the way Fanica played and why he was so successful. He brought it all the time. Uh, Palomalo, uh, I mean, there's so many stories. I, I'll tell one that Cower told. Uh, there was a game in San Diego, and Palomalo made a bad play, and it led to a, a big run. And it was, I think, his second or third year in the league. And Cower came over to the sidelines, and Palomalo had his head down. And he said, Troy, what happened on that play? And Chris Hope walked over and said, no, 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 you can't talk to him right now. He's praying. And Bill's like, what? He said, no, 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 you can't talk to him now. He's praying. He's like, well, I need to talk to him. I need to make sure he understands what we're doing in this defense. And Hope says, no, 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 you can't talk to him now. And Cowher's like, well, come get me as soon as he's ready to talk. <laughs> so Cowher walks away and Palomalo picks up his head and turns to Hope and says, is he gone yet? <laughs> Oh, Troy so was, yeah, he, there's there's so much to Troy. He's got a very yeah. wry sense of humor uh, and he's a very tough guy. I mean, he's a very deep person. Uh, as great as he was on the field, he, he was very intriguing off it as well. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go with Fanica. He he um, he exemplified to me what what if you wanted to find out what was going on, you go to the offensive lineman. I've always felt that way. Um, and, and I've always thought that they were, they were, as a group, the most intelligent players on any football team at any level. Um, and, and I, so that's where I would, I would go. I would, I would try, I would try to get to know those, those guys a little bit. He could be tough to talk to at, at first. Um, he also got a, a bad rap for the, are you, for the Tommy Maddox thing when Ben first was the starter. And cause I remember I was there. Um, and so our friend Jerry DePaula from the Trib went over to Fanica after we had talked to Heinz Ward. And he said, are you, are you, you kind of excited that, you know, you're going to get a chance to see Ben and, and Fanica was devastated because Tommy Maddox was the best friend on the team. And he goes, what do you mean excited? He goes, he's just like my best friend. He's hurt. He can't play. I'm not excited. And what had happened in fact, minutes earlier is Heinz Ward had said also not happy that Tommy Maddox was hurt, but said, you know, he goes, Oh, it's kind of exciting in a way. You know, the guy's first round draft pick. It's kind of exciting to see what's going to happen. And Fanica always got labeled as the guy who said that when, in fact, he didn't really say it first. He yeah. responded to a question of something Heinz has said. And then I can't top, you know, Jeff's story about Troy. I just always found him very difficult to talk to um, because I never knew what to ask him. Um, and he was one of those yeah. guys that I could yeah, that he was much deeper than I am when it comes to stuff. And he hated talking about football. And, and, you know, if you ask him about stuff in games and, and he just didn't like to talk about it. Um, and he was, it, it was so much better when I finally figured out that I just go over and talk to him about stuff. Um, you know, that maybe, you know, when the, when the pirates were playing well or something, you know, it, it, I don't know, it was just kind of weird 
that, that I could never establish a wavelength with him because he was just such a unique individual. Uh, Jim, did you ever draw the ire of Bill Cower? Oh, and if so, how? <laughs> well, no, I mean, yes, uh, because this, this goes way back in a, in, in a previous place of employment uh, where we were the flagship for the Steelers. And, uh, and there was a weekend where, where Myron Cope could not, he, he was unavailable to do the game. And so I had to record the coaches show that ran during the game during the week. Now, the week before, and again, I can't remember, I can't remember the circumstances, but there was a, there was like a big mistake on special teams and uh, where somebody was in the wrong position. And, and so I, I asked in the course of the thing, I asked Bill about it and I could, I got like the, you know, I got like the, the stare and, and the, and the, 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 the must, the lip of the mustache, you know, and he's like, and he kind of answered the question. And then I said, I said, you know, you know, coming up next, we'll talk about whatever, you know, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers football network. And then he goes, why did you ask me that question? He goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes you're the flagship. Of this. I said, I said, you're supposed to be, I said, Bill, I said, it's something that happened. I said, people were talking about it all week. I just thought, you know, is it a problem that you guys got ironed out because yeah. of miscommunication, whatever. And he goes, yeah, but he goes, but you know, you're the flag. I mean, you're, you're our station. You're, you're, you're not supposed to be, you know, you're not supposed to be asking questions like that. And then, uh, you know, we got over it pretty quickly and we did the rest of the show, but I, th- I always thought that was kind of funny. Um, and that was really the only time I think I really drew his ire. Although I may have at a news conference here and then, who knows? Or uh, then, who knows? Jeff, final thing here before we uh, wrap things up for today's show and, and kind of look ahead to the uh, Hall of Fame game on Thursday. Uh, there's no Donnie Shell without Bill Nunn. Is that a yep. fair assessment? Yes, yep. yes. And uh, Donnie related a story when he wasn't drafted in 74. So he's not technically part of the greatest class ever, but he's part of the greatest draft year Rookie ever class. in the NFL. Uh, but he said he got a call from Bill Nunn, and he was a student teacher at the time, and he was getting ready to move on. He was going to be a high school coach and a football or a football coach and a high school teacher. And he said he got the call from Bill Nunn, and Bill's like, uh, are you aware you weren't drafted? <laughs> and Shell said, Yes, I'm aware. There were yeah. 17 rounds and you decided not to pick me in any of them. Uh, but he sat back and he had to figure out he had Denver, Houston, and the Steelers. All had offered him an, an opportunity. And his college coach convinced him to go with the Steelers and Bill Nunn because of Bill Nunn's relationship. Uh, and that led off to a Hall of Fame career. So, uh, yeah, those guys are intertwined. Uh, what Bill Nunn did is remarkable. And what Donnie Shell did essentially is a walk-on end up with 51 picks uh amazing and he should have gone in earlier than this but there were just so many Steelers that were yep, that were yep. in the that were in the yep. hall of fame and Absolutely. and and they held that against him even though he was better than a lot of guys that had been inducted before him jeff hathorne and jim colony are Steelers insiders from 93.7 the fan in pittsburgh guys thank you for your insight as always uh your fun anecdotes and uh we will talk about the uh hall of fame game coming up yeah. on uh, friday yeah. so uh football we look for exactly finally some football to talk about that'll be coming up on friday's show as always uh, mondays and fridays 10 a.m here on the odyssey app it is pittsburgh training camp live but for jeff hathorne for jim colony i'm kale Berger. get ready for football steelers fans and we'll talk about it coming up on friday here on pittsburgh training camp live